This is Enjoy Cherokee Voices, a podcast recorded live to deliver in-depth conversations with dynamic people from all corners of Cherokee County. Listeners like you sink into this weekly podcast to learn more about the people that make Cherokee County extraordinary. And now it's time to get to know another neighbor. Here's your host, Jody Drinkard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the studio. I'm Jody Drinkard, your host, and I'm here today with two very special guests. First, we have Lonnie Burden, and we have Michelle Meek. Not Meeks. <laughs> yeah, are you, nobody, aren't you guys talking? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that little squeak was, uh, that was Lonnie. <laughs> All right, well, we are here today to celebrate um, Adoption Awareness. The month of November is Adoption Awareness uh, Month, and we have a worldwide adoption celebration as well. So Michelle, tell me a little bit about what those two events are. Thank you, Jody, for having us. Absolutely. I'm Michelle Meek with the Children's Haven. And um we're coming and your your title is I am the Director of Community Engagement for the Children's Haven in Canton. Community engagement. I like That's to good. engage my community. You are engaging. Well Cherokee's uh-huh. awesome, so who That's not right. want to engage it? That's right. Okay, tell us about adoption month. So there are a couple different things that go on. There's a World Adoption Day that's celebrated on November 9th of 2022 this year. And there's also National Adoption Day, which is November 19th, 2022. And both of those are put together with events across the country and across the world um, to raise awareness for adoption. Of children. Exactly. Adoption of children. That's what the Children's Haven is all about. Is that right? All about children. Our mission is to promote the health and happiness of children that have been um, impacted by abuse. You have such a great team over there, and you also work with CASA volunteers. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Tell us what CASA volunteers are. So you're exactly right. We have an amazing team. Um, CASA stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. It's not house. Um, which a lot of people think costs yeah. Spanish. Um, but court-appointed special advocates is national, and we also have an amazing state organization. Um, we train community volunteers from all different backgrounds to advocate for children in foster care. Um, so we do the training at our office, and they are matched through the court system with children that are in um, foster care in Cherokee County and then placed across the state. So these advocates work with them and advocate for their best interest through the life of their case. I had a great up. You took me on a tour through uh, the Children's Haven, what, less than a month ago. It was really, really cool. One of the most incredible things that you have is this observation room. Can you tell, tell us about the observation room, what it really is? Yes, absolutely. So we started out as our CASA program, um, and through needs in our community, we grew to our umbrella program, the Children's Haven. And at that time, we added our supervised visitation program, our Wellstar Family Visitation Center. Um, oh, it's Wellstar. Yes. Wellstar does it. Okay, great. They have been very kind to sponsor our um, Family Visitation Center. So when families are... Um, struggling and have some things going on with the foster care system and the court system, oftentimes they have to have supervised visits. So we have a visitation center that is a home-like setting where the families come in, they can lay on the floor, they can play games, they can do homework together, they can make a meal together. We have a beautiful playground in the back. Um, And so the families are able to just kind of have some normalcy and some bonding together and Mm -hmm. spend some time together. Um, And then the room that you were talking about, we do um, have a person sitting in an observation room. The room itself actually has videos and cameras. And so all of the activity that goes on while the families are visiting is recorded and is listened to by the family support specialist so that they can make sure everything is um, as it should be through what the expectations are for the family and then also help the families. If they're in need of some kind of parenting support or training or education, then the family support specialist can step in and help the parents because the whole idea of them coming and doing visits like that is to hopefully be successful and be reunified with their families. Right, right. Well, it's a lovely place in this observation room is like a two-way mirror, sort of. And you can, so they're being watched, but not interfering. It's just, that was such a brilliant idea. And maybe they do that everywhere. I don't know, but that was really cool, I thought. So, well, thanks for all you do at the Children's Haven for all of our young little humans out here. Um, and is this 
I'm going to talk with Alani here. Alani? Yes. Is this where your adventure started? It is not. Okay. Um, yeah. Lonnie, you are a <coughs> state, the state of Georgia. You are a, let me look at the, <laughs> I'm going to look here. Post-adoption coordinator. Okay. Yes. So Lonnie, you are a post-adoption coordinator f- in the state of Georgia. Is that right? You oh, work right. for the state? Right. Through That's, DFACS. Mm-hmm. Through DFACS. Mm-hmm. And you worked in DFACS for how long now? Um, For all, 13 years now. 13. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what started your desire to work for DFACS? Honestly, um, when I was younger, if anybody had told me I was going to be a DFACS social worker, I'd have told them they were crazy. But um, (laughs) Now, why do you say that? I just, for the life of me, I didn't really understand what they did, and it just, it didn't seem like something I wanted to do. Um, But when I started my master's program in social work, they had an opportunity where you could work like you were guaranteed a job after school like after you graduated Mm -hmm. um if you interned with them for two years they would help pay for your school oh and I was like well sweet that's a great idea um and as soon as I started interning it was like a light just flipped on and I loved it like I couldn't wait to get there every week um for my internship and so it just developed where were you working? Um, at that point, I was in Dalton um, at mm-hmm. the at the office there, and I was working with um, a family preservation unit, which is where they work with the families while they're still intact, like the kids haven't come into foster care. Mm-hmm. And I just loved it. Um, it was it was great. Did you ever work here in Cherokee County? I did. Um, after roughly about five years in Dalton, um, I was living here in Cherokee and making the drive back and forth every day, which Yikes. was astronomical. It's like 120 miles round trip. Whew. Um Ooh. I decided, you know, let's just a little crazy. Let's let's do something different. And um, they had some openings here in Cherokee, and I applied. And I had already transitioned into foster care prior to that, and so I moved in um, to Cherokee to the Cherokee office as a foster care supervisor, which mm-hmm. is where I met Michelle and started working. So you you two have known each other how long now? Oh, about what six seven years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Yes. You're old friends That's now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Lonnie, tell me about um, your plans. When you were younger, what were, what was your motto? Were you going to have lots of children or? No, I was not going to have any children. I was not going to be married. I was going to be happy with my dogs because I showed dogs. Um, I was going to train and show dogs and just live my life by myself. <laughs> okay, skip ahead to today. Yeah, that doesn't look that way anymore. No, tell no. me what's going on. What do you have in your life today? A couple of dogs. A few dogs. What, um, what Two, three, yeah, six. a few more, like six. Yeah. yeah, six. Six dogs. Six dogs, a couple of pigs, a bunch of cats, some guinea pigs, a fish, and roughly seven kids, a husband. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the Brady Bunch your, on steroids. Right. Your your family uh, prediction was really tossed in the train. Yeah. Tossed totally in the missed that one. There yeah. you go. Okay. Well, okay. You were working for DFACS, mm-hmm. and you decided at the age of what? I was about 30 to 32. Um, I decided, you know what? I, I want to adopt. Um, I don't want to get married. That sounds like way too much work. Um, but I want to have kids. I want to be a mom. Um, and so I started, you know, the process of going through the paperwork, talking with everybody at the office to figure out exactly how to do that. Um, and got approved as a full-blown, fully adoptive parent at the age of 32. 32. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you got approved and now what you just start looking around to see if there's some children that match your your lifestyle or how does this work? So when you're going through the process, you, there's a bazillion forms and stuff you fill out. And you're talking to all kinds of people um, and you're assigned a caseworker. And between the forms you filled out and your caseworker, they get a pretty good sense of your life and what it would look like with children in it. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, there's children that are free in the state of Georgia um, to be adopted. And those kids have expressed to their caseworkers, you know, what they would want their family to look like. So obviously I had pets as an example. A child that didn't want to live with pets would not be a good fit for my home. Good or a child that wanted two parents would not be a fit, a good fit for my home at the time. Um, and so between the discussions with the caseworker and the caseworker looking into the system at what was legally free, I was matched with the two girls that I originally adopted. So when we say free, we mean free for adoption, or right. we mean they are, what are they free from? So the rights, their parental rights, the parents' parental rights have been terminated by court. And so okay. they don't have any parental figures. So they are, they are eligible for adoption. Um, and because at the time, honestly, I was terrified of babies. 
um, was afraid their heads would fall off. Just to be real honest. Um, so I knew I did not want a baby. Um, and so my age range was from like toddler up until a teen. Um, I really liked the idea of having a teenager that could talk to me. And through my work, I knew that there was a huge need for people that actually wanted to adopt teenagers because people mm-hmm. tend to be more afraid of teenagers than babies, unlike mm-hmm. myself. Um, and so that that opened me up to to a good select, like a wider selection of kids um, and sibling groups because I, I was open to an older kid and a younger child. So, yeah. It is interesting because it seems to me that when a, an, a child in a teenage bracket of some sort Mm -hmm. they're going to come with a lot of baggage Mm -hmm. they're going to much more than somebody who's a toddler and I think that to me sets off a little uh alarm that ooh, I'm afraid of what I'm going to get is that that wasn't what you had in your mind no and what I tell people now that talk to me about that is they have the same roughly amount of baggage because trauma is trauma the moment mm-hmm. they're removed from their birth parent or a defects worker or someone steps into that home, it causes trauma, no matter the age. The difference between my big kid and my little kid was my big kid could tell me and express to me what was going on. My four-year-old at the time had no clue as to why she was so angry. So you had a 14-year-old and a, a four-year-old. A four-year-old. Mm-hmm. And were, are they related? Yes, they're siblings. They're half-siblings. Mm-hmm. They are. Okay. Mm-hmm. And were there more people in, in the family? And Yeah, they come from a very large sibling group. Um, but at the time, those were the only two children that were still in foster care. Okay. The other siblings had, had gone elsewhere. Okay, so you fostered them then, is that uh, right? No, because I was open for adoption and they were legally free. Okay. They, they, just, they were still in what they call the foster system. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Very good. Can mm-hmm. we get names? Uh, yes. My oldest, um, her name is Allie. And my youngest at the time, her name is Sunny. Tell me about the first time you met them. (laughs) So that was pretty incredible because both girls, even though they were siblings, had had no visits while they were in foster care. And they had been in foster care for a couple of years. Um, But because of some situations within the family, Allie knew Sonny because Sonny was born before they were all removed. But Sonny had no recognition of her sister. Like she didn't remember him because she was so little. She was 18 months. Um, And so they had one visit before... I met them where they introduced them to each other and then, and then they brought me into the picture. So essentially we were three strangers. Oh my goodness. Um, which was really hard for Allie because you could see the pain in her face that Sonny didn't recognize her. Right. Um, so that was something we had to work through. Um, and the bonding between them, it took a really long time. Um, because of the fact that Allie was like, I just, I don't, I don't understand why she doesn't remember me. And Sonny's like, I don't know who she is. Um, and so basically from the moment we started, it was like, we were all just trying to figure out this whole family thing together. Um, so where did you meet the first time? So the first, I met each of them individually the first time. Um, and then we, the first time they let us go together, I picked both of them up and we went to this like bounce park place, Mm. um, where they could interact with each other. And Sunny is extremely hyper, um, the four-year-old. Yes. Um, she still is at almost 12 next week. Um, and so we had to be somewhere where she could move. Um, ah. And your typical 14-year-old was like, why won't this kid sit down? So we definitely had to be somewhere um, where they could move. And so we did. We did a lot of just play. Um, it's kind of like a babysitter hanging out with, with two kids. Now, at this time, did you know you were going to adopt them or this was your first, like you were just meeting them to see if this was going to work? We all knew at that point that that's the direction we were headed okay. um, because we had seen pictures of each other. I had written the girls a note, um, especially my oldest, because she had told everybody in DFACS, I don't want to be adopted if I'm not going to be adopted without my sister. Uh-huh. And so, you know, she had to approve of me. Mm-hmm. So even though, yeah, I had said, oh, these are great. I want to meet them. She had to look at my profile, look at my pictures. I sent her pictures of the dogs. I wrote her a letter, explained my whole lifestyle. And then she had to say, okay. Um, so we all knew we were headed in that direction if everything continued to work out okay. So, yeah. Was it, was it, an, I can't even imagine <laughs> the emotion that you were going through. Because all of a sudden you're meeting these people right. and you're like, I'm going to be their mother. Yeah, it was weird. Was Was it weird? It was weird because, you know, 
I didn't I didn't have any experience with kids. I'm an only child. So it's not like I was raised yeah. with, with brothers and sisters who I changed diapers or whatever. No, I didn't babysit as a kid. I grew up on a farm, so I was out working with animals. So it, it was it was all new. It was all new. Did you, in, did, at the time, did you have pigs? I did not have pigs. The pigs. <laughs> I was just curious yes. if you met the, do- if they met the dogs and the pigs. No, and, the pigs, right. um, one of them was a celebration for our actual finalization, our actual adoption. That was one pig. And the pig before that was, um, uh, Allie and I had been going through some stuff and I was having a bad week and she was finally like able to come through some stuff. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted a pig. She said, I have two. And so I brought home a pig. Is it so, walking around in your house? Oh yeah, they live inside. They're oh, crate yeah. trained. Yeah, you know they've been in movies. So yeah, they're famous pigs. Wait a minute, so, yeah. this is a whole. <laughs> this is a rabbit hole we're going down right now. But come on, what yeah. pig? You your pigs in a movie? Yes. So this, what movie? The second pig we got. Her name is Charlie. That's Sunny's pig. She was in Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Long Haul. She was the baby no pig way. in that in that movie. Yes. And then both of our pigs, the first pig, his name is Biscuit. Biscuit and Charlie both were in Tyler Perry's um, TV show called Ruthless. They were in the first season of Ruthless. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got I to get down. I got to know this. Mm-hmm. Do they scratch on the door or something to go out? Or what's the story on the poo? Oh, they, what's the poo story? Oh, so they're, they're easier to train than dogs. Get out uh, of now, town. I don't recommend anybody go and get a pig after they hear this because it's like having a constant three-year-old in your life. Um, but they will, when they get ready to come back in, cause they don't like to be cold, they'll root at the door. So you hear them knocking root at the door. What is that? They bump it with their nose. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they don't like to be out after dark. Pigs? No pigs after dark. Yeah. They will pitch a fit. Now that's the name of a new movie. (laughs) That is. No pigs after dark. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that was a little, sorry. Thanks for, thanks for going on that little sidetrack with me. So, okay. So now you met these girls, you went to the bouncy house place Mm -hmm. And somewhere along the line, you're saying, you're talking amongst each mm-hmm. other and you're saying, yeah, I think we can be a family. Yeah. And so basically once you have that first visit, then you kind of just every weekend becomes like, okay, we, I'm, I'm getting them every weekend. And then you work up to the first time they stay overnight. Um, and so it was, you know, it was several weeks. So we're work every weekend, but then where are they living during the week? They were with their foster parents during the week. Oh, Two different okay. foster parents. So I would go to one house, um, usually Allie, cause that's the way it just ended up being. I would pick up Allie first on once they were able to spend the night. I would pick her up on a Friday night. Sunny's family would meet us and I would get her and we would all go home on Friday and then I would take them all back on Sunday. I'll be darned. Mm-hmm. So you're you're kind of fostering them at that point, sort of. I mean, they're not. They're, yeah, they, they call it like a transition. A transition. Mm-hmm. Did, did they have rooms at your house? Oh, yeah. Because um, that was that was one of the things, um, you know, they came and visited the house before, of course, they stayed overnight at one of our weekend visits. And um, I had a three-bedroom home, and I was just downstairs, and the other bedrooms were upstairs. And so I let them pick out which rooms they wanted. And so we were we were working towards that. So, you know, sometimes on the weekends, we'd go to Goodwill. We'd get stuff for their rooms. We painted, you know, nice. just those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Nice. So was there any moment before this happened that you said, you know what, I don't know if this is going to work? There wasn't for me, but there was for Allie. Tell me about that. Um, so Allie got really, really panicky because um, we first started meeting actually around this time of the year. It was in October, um, late September, 1st of October. And so around Christmas, they were talking about moving, meaning she was going to leave her foster home. She was going to move in with me. Sunny was coming. We were all going to start our, our trial family run, mm-hmm. so to speak. And she would be changing schools. And of course, she had a boyfriend, you know, a 14-year-old. That is their life. Um, she panicked. Because she didn't want to leave her friends. That had been the first school she had ever been at for more than a year. Was this a Cherokee school? No. no. She okay. was um, in Cartersville at the time. And so she didn't want to leave her friends. She didn't, And I, I mean, I was like, I get it, you know. So we had to really work through that. And then she also had some some feelings that came up about her birth mom. Because she still knows her. like, I, And I know her now. Like, we have a relationship really? with the birth family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm betraying her. Um, cause I remember her telling me, she's like, I know it doesn't make any sense because like of all the stuff that I went through, but I still don't want to betray her. And I'm like, no, I get it. Like, that's your mom. One thing about it, like that's such a noble trait for her. Yeah, it, it is. Um, she's very loyal. Like mm-hmm. Allie is, is loyal to a, to a fault almost like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that nothing's ever going to change. She's always going to be your birth mom, no matter where I fit into the picture or if it's not me, somebody else, um, that's never going to change. So we have to, we have to figure out a way to to get you through that because you can't live in foster care. Like this is not, 
It's not healthy. Right. Um, and so, you know, I talked with the department. We, we, we had some bumpy roads because it's, once things get going, it's sometimes hard to slow the process down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I was like, we, we got to slow it down because, you know, we're going to lose her. Um, and everybody knew that her end thing was she wanted to be with me and her sister, but she was scared. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so we worked through it. It took, took several weeks. Um, but by mid-January, we all moved in. So. so she was able to spend Christmas with her foster parents? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that was important to her. I yeah, mean, and, I, and the boyfriend. And the boyfriend, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, yeah. She still have the boyfriend? Oh, of course not. We've of been through so not. many. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that was really that, that was, was really heartfelt for you yeah. to be able to say, you know what? I get it. A yeah. 14-year-old boyfriend means a lot. It does. And that was, that's great. Okay. Yeah. So now she's how old? She's 23. So what kind of things have you gone through between 14 and 23? Nine years you've been with us. Yeah. Um, so she is, she's thriving now. Like she, she's amazing. Um, she recently graduated um, college with her hair, her cosmetology license. So she is doing hair in Marietta. She loves it. Um, she's always done hair. Like that's just, she's phenomenal at it. Really? Yeah. Um, and so she went through school. She got her GED on her own. Um, and so, I mean, she's doing phenomenal now. She lives with her current boyfriend. They've been together for my heavens, she's going to shoot me for not knowing that number three or four years. Okay. Alex has been around forever. Um, Alex and Allie? Yes, Alex and Allie. Um, and I'm really thankful for Alex because prior to Alex, she was really going through some stuff when she was 16 and 17. Um, a lot of, we ran, had to run in with the drugs, law enforcement. Um, and As a single mother, that had yeah. to be very difficult for you. Uh, there were times where I, I would want to pull my hair out and scream. Um, yeah. <laughs> Did she, she got arrested? She did. So, yeah, um, she, she liked to drive without her license. That was her thing. So, yeah, so. Drive without her license? Yeah, because she didn't have a license, so she would just go drive. Oh, she didn't have a license? No. And, oh, no. Yeah, and then she, she caused a, an accident and had to do some time for that. Um, she served behind bars for Yeah, that? she was, it was for, I think she was 10 days, and she maybe got eight for good behavior or something. Anyway, it was a little over a week she was in jail, um, and she also had to pay like a big fine and was on probation. Um, oh my goodness. And that was all before she was 18. Um, and so at 18, we had a really hard talk. Um, and you know what kills me and I, and I tell her today, it just, it blows my mind. Even though she was doing all of this, like the drugs, she quit school, you know, she didn't want to do anything. She was never disrespectful or rude. Like she would not yell at me. She would not scream at me. It was nothing. It was just defiance to the point of I'm not going to school. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do drugs. I want to hang out with my friends. Um, and so, you know, I mean, we had, I really had to like regroup some of the way I did things. And I was like, okay, I just need to know where you're going to be at. And that doesn't mean I'm stalking you or anything, but I need to know that you're safe. And so, you know, and I remember her telling me one time when I found some marijuana and some stuff in her room, some pills, um, she told me, she said, well, just give me back, just give me back to defects. And I was like, give me back, <laughs> give me back. And I'm like, that's not part of the deal. That's why I told her. I was started laughing. I said, oh no. And she said, what? I said, we're a family. We're stuck. Good, bad, or ugly. We're in this together. Like that's not an option. Right. And she just looked at me and she was like, what? And I was like, you're not going anywhere. I said, so we oh, got to figure man. this out. And that point was really a pivotal moment for her because she t- later told me, she's like, that's the moment when everybody does, they would give me back. She had a lot of foster homes because she has some anger mm-hmm. issues. Yeah, she would punch holes in walls. Never did it at our house, um, but prior to me. Yeah, our- that's interesting because you just said she was very, mm-hmm. uh, very unemotional. Not, yeah. not unemotional, but I mean, she wasn't yelling back at no. you. Mm-hmm. No disrespect. And that, and that never happened, but that had been something before me that yeah. had been the case. Um, and so, yeah. So, I mean, but now she's phenomenal. Like, So she's no longer on drugs? No longer on drugs. Um, like I said, she got her GED. She She's went, got a driver's license. She's got a driver's license. And all this happened before 18, so she, that was all on mm-hmm. junior record or yeah, what do they juvenile, call it? So juvenile, yeah. yeah. Um, and she does, one of her charges did roll over um, for the adult, but I believe she got first offender, so it doesn't show up. Um, but yeah, but I mean, she's she's phenomenal now. She got her own car. Um, she went to CarMax. Her credit was so good. She was able to do her own car by herself. She has her own cell phone plan. You know, she's living in, like I said, with her boyfriend in an apartment in Marietta. She pays for it. Like, she's great. Did she call you mama? Oh, yeah. She And she has done that since probably the third or fourth time we were together. Oh, my heart yeah. is melting. That we is were, so great. And I can tell you, we were on 75, and we had gone to 
um, like have dinner at Cracker Barrel and I was just taking her home. It was just one of those like short meetings that we were doing, trying mm-hmm. to get to know each other. And I'd picked her up after work and we were, it was just me and her. Sonny went with us. And she was like, well, what am I supposed to call you? And I was like, well, I don't really care. You can call me Lonnie, call me whatever. I said, don't call me anything mean. And, um, <laughs> and she started laughing. She was like, well, how about mom or mama? And I was like, it's whatever, you know, cause man, that's one thing that like I knew from working with so many kids, like you don't push that, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, all right, well, it sounds good. I'm going to do it. I was like, okay, it's fine. And so, that's yeah. Her. yeah, that's cool. Okay. So this whole time now, Sonny's in the picture too. Yes. And she's a wild child. She's my firecracker. I like her already. <laughs> so tell me about her. What's her story when she came into your house then? When she came into your life? Then? Okay. So at, so I met Sunny. She was three, almost four because her birthday is November 3rd. Um, and so she was about to turn four and um, she could barely talk. Her speech was not developed. Really? Uh-huh. She was almost potty trained. Um, but not fully. So she was, she was very delayed. Um, oh. Sunny had had some drug exposure. Um, when she what was, does that mean? Like meth use um, prior to, prior to her coming to me, like from birth. So that was one of the reasons why she was removed is she was born um, with drugs in her system. So they kind of, in my a meth baby, that would be kind of what they, like yeah. when but they, the mother was using, yeah. is that what you mean? Yeah. She never used. It was no. just because of yeah. her mother. Yeah. Okay. And I so some sure of, I understood. yeah. And some of that caused some of the struggles we deal with now. Um, mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, <laughs> Sunny's is wild. I love her. Okay. When you first met her, mm-hmm. tell me, what was that like? What was her, what was her demeanor when you met her? We went to McDonald's um, with the caseworker and met her and she did not want to eat anything but yogurt and French fries. Um, and then got mad because the yogurt was not enough yogurt, but she didn't have the language. So she was trying to like tell us all about the yogurt and it, and she was so loud. It was so funny. And then she was like, so well, she I, was making noise. She just yes, wasn't saying words. Right. Oh, and boy. like flinging these yogurt packets around. Um, <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but then, you know, it was really funny because what I realized is the more I interacted one-on-one with Sunny. She was picking up words quick, quick, quick. Really? Yeah. And so, um, and Sunny attached to me, I think, in a, a stronger way, quicker. Whereas Allie was using words, mama, mama, that the attachment wasn't quite there as like a mother figure. I was like an aunt or a big sister, which was fine. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. it helped. I think it helped our relationship. Now, I definitely am the mother figure. But um, with Sunny, within the first, well, by Thanksgiving, you know, I was that mother role to her. Like she didn't Mm -hmm. want me to leave her on the weekends. Like she did not want to go back to the foster family. She wanted to be with me. She would ask, um, you know, if I called the foster parent during the week to check on her, she would take the phone and like babble and try to tell me about the week. And she, (laughs) and like I said, she had more words. So I mean, you know, we could figure out what was going on. She was so excited to be your baby. And, um, and that excitement sometimes would lead to her having really bad impulse control. So like at the time she was getting kicked out of pre-K her, well, not pre-K her preschool, um, for hitting kids and stuff because she just has a hard time with emotional regulation. Um, but yeah. And so when we had to slow it down for Allie to figure it out, that really upset Sonny because Sonny yeah. was like, well, I'm supposed mm-hmm. to go like, I'm sorry, you're supposed to pick me up like this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't. And so when Sonny finally did come in January, like when I went to, when me and Allie went, to, because we went together to pick her up that Saturday, like she was sitting on her little boxes out front, like waiting for us. Oh. She's like, they're here, they're here, you know, and she jumped in and like buckled herself. And I was like, well, we got to get your stuff too. Oh, okay. You know, like that oh. was an afterthought. So yeah. Um, that is like unconditional love in a big oh. old package for you. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's so heartwarming. Yeah. Oh, I have goosebumps. And anybody that meets her, like Michelle can tell you, me, she is a firecracker steel. Um, and she has, like, we, we had to go through some um, attachment therapy and some stuff because there's a lot of anger in that little body. Um, she has a lot of anger. She does have a lot of anger. And, like, that's what I was saying. It's, it was easier for me to understand Allie's anger because Allie could be like, I'm pissed because I've been through blah, 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 blah. Right. Sunny couldn't say that. So she would just have these screaming rages and, like, tear things up. And I'm like, where is it coming from? What's wrong? But she didn't know. You know, she didn't right. understand. And so... Um, did yeah. you, did you get to the bottom of that? Then? We still are. I mean, it's a process. We still, we still have fits and rages. Um, you know, we had one this past weekend, oh. but we've, um, we've been very fortunate to have some really strong therapists, um, that have been working with all of us, me included, my husband now, everybody, since Sunny was, was four, we started working with her and, um, and so it's really helped and Sunny, you know, 
she tries. She tries. And then she's in a great school now that has completely understood her since she was five years old. Um, like the school just wraps her up in love every day, which is great. So, yeah. Really good. Yeah. So I'm going to switch this a little bit. I want to financially, mm-hmm. as a single mother working for DFACS at the time, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm imagining you're not bringing home six figures. <laughs> no. Okay. So... I don't know. I don't know what the state pays for or what the county or whatever paid for at that time. But mm-hmm. now suddenly you have a lot of expenses that you didn't have before. I right. mean, you're going to have the expense of child care right. uh, while you're at work. Mm-hmm. You, these therapists, I'm sure that all three of you probably need therapy. Yes. To I mean, that would just be the natural thing to do, in right. my opinion, for, for this situation. Those are not cheap things to talk about. I mean, this is a lot of money that a single mother had to find. And in my mind, I don't know how you could have done it. I mean, it was, it was hard. Um, I will guarantee, like we had to rebudget a lot of different things. Um, but there is, when you adopt through DFACS, um, through our foster care system, some of our children, especially sibling groups come with what is called adoption assistance. Really? Uh huh. And that is where, um, they have insurance that is state insurance. So they have like an Amerigroup insurance plan that comes with them. And then depending on the level of care or need, you can get a monthly stipend. That, ah. And so that was part of the process with the girls because they were a sibling group. And then Sunny did have some pretty significant issues. We were able to, you know, tap into those resources. I had no idea mm. there was financial assistance. Yeah. It's- huge that's right. a huge thing I didn't know about now no don't think it's like this astronomical number that can pay for you know daycare and all of these things because it's it not can. six figures either. It's not. <laughs> um but but it does help you know and the insurance piece to me was the huge piece that helped us so much um right. because we were we were able to to then say okay we need you know both of them need therapy and then I need to be part of the therapy with them so we can go multiple times a week you know because we have this insurance out there once we were able to find providers on the plan that, you know, we're adoption competent because that's the other thing. You don't just want to take children with trauma to just any random therapist. So we had to find someone who was trauma trained and adoption competent. So that means they had had training in both trauma from foster care and the adoption process. So trauma, foster care is considered trauma? It it is because you're being taken away from your parents. So that is a trauma. That is a loss. Sure. Mm -hmm. Now we know you have Mm -hmm. both of these children. Yes. But I also know that you have seven children now so where's the next one tell me about the next one right, so Who, name first okay Let's hear name. the next the next child's name is kevin um and he is actually the biological half brother to my girls oh um yes and so we our adoption had been final for a year and a half almost two years um and kevin ended up back in foster care um, no fault of his own just some issues where he was at and um and because we had developed a relationship with the birth parents well the birth mom um and kevin we had been taking kevin on family vacations with us and stuff oh, prior nice. to that um because you know the siblings all knew each other and so we that was important we need to especially and what age was he at that time he was 15 uh-huh. okay so he's older than no he was 15 Allie by then because it had been okay. several years she was 17 okay um because he's next in line behind Allie. And that was something that was huge to Allie was that I help her make t- maintain those connections with all her siblings. Of course, yeah. And um, and so because we had that connection, um, the birth mom reached out to me and said, "Lonnie, Kevin's back in foster care, or they're, or they're thinking of bringing him into foster care, and he wants to come live with you and his siblings." It's like, oh, okay. Well, okay, <sighs> that's huh. an we, interesting hmm. telephone call. Yeah, we have an extra bedroom. Okay, um, so. You know, I had to then, because at that point, you know, I would be his foster parent. I wouldn't be adopting him. Oh, right. So, you know, I had to go through the channels at work to make sure that I could do that. Um, and they were able to get it all approved because keeping siblings together is huge to, to right. defects. I mean, that so is. So how long did that take you to get approved? Uh, not long. It was like, I got the call and then within, you know, they, Kevin, they were still trying to figure out what to do with Kevin. And by the time they needed somewhere for him to go, I was approved and ready. Oh, well, yeah. that's good. So Perfect. there was no, Kevin wasn't sitting anywhere or anything. So I went with the caseworker to pick Kevin up from school and explain to him what was going on. We went to birth mom's house, got his stuff, um, and Kevin came. Excellent. And then within a year, we, we had, I had guardianship of Kevin. So, okay. So mm-hmm. then there were four of you yes. in the house. And in that time period, um, I had, me and my husband 
had always been friends for like 10 years. Now, hang on a second. Yes. We didn't even know. <laughs> My seven listeners didn't even know that you were getting married yet. So yes, no. Well, and I didn't it. either. Well, I didn't either. <laughs> um, but we had started, we had started dating because we had been friends and he had been there since, you know, the girls first came because he had a daughter and a bonus child that he had. So he had a daughter mm-hmm. and a bonus child. What does a bonus child mean? Uh, the, um, the birth mom or my daughter's, um, my now daughter, her mom had another son, but my husband had pretty much been in his life since he was born. And so he called him like his bonus son. So he would come over and visit my husband on the weekends because he's only a year older than his biological I gotta daughter. I got to get this straight. So your, <laughs> your husband now yes. was married before or had, yes, was in a relationship yes. before, had a child, mm-hmm. but his partner had a child as well. Yes. Before they had their baby. Okay, so, so now these two mm-hmm. girls, boys. A girl and a boy. Okay, names? Uh, Shelby and Noah. Shelby and Noah, okay. Mm-hmm. So now you're dating? Yes, because we had been friends, like I said, forever. And, mm-hmm. you know, we finally were like, all right, we'll, we'll try to date. Um, because I really didn't. <laughs> I didn't really. I <laughs> guess I'll give it a try. <laughs> yeah, he gives me a hard time about that. Because um, I really didn't, you know, I didn't know Kevin could possibly be coming in, you know, because we didn't know that at the time. So we had, we had started dating, like, in. January, not January, sorry, in July. And then I think I got the call about Kevin end of August, first of September. Um, and so it just kind of, he was all part, always there in Kevin's life at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. Well, this is the first boy to come into your world. Mm-hmm. And now you sort of had a father figure yeah. right away, which was, that had to be quite an amazing situation. Well, yeah. And my husband is like the most chill, laid back individual of course you would have to be with the zoo that we live in um (laughs) individual ever so it was it was a good fit um he was not he doesn't he didn't push anything on any of the kids as far as like I'm your dad I'm this I'm that you know it was just very organic how it all developed so yeah so then okay so then you got married Mm -hmm. and now the Brady Bunch starts coming together and you have five children in your home Mm -hmm. yes right Mm -hmm. and then we also had Wyatt that Wyatt is our two-year-old, well, our four-year-old now, but I had him before we were married. Um, but yeah. Wait a minute. Your biological son? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, did, I, I, really pushed, <laughs> I really pushed this marriage thing this out. Is, I this was is just a, like not really wanting to ever do it. It's another wing of the zoo. I know. That's what I'm thinking here. Okay. Now we have a biological son, Wyatt. Yes. Uh, and okay. Now, I'm get, now we have six. Yes. And the seventh one is? The seventh one is Nash and he is two. And he's biological son yes. also. Mm-hmm. I'm wore out. I'm too. Every day. <laughs> I can't imagine what dinner around the dinner table is like. Yeah. Now you have Alex too. Yeah. Well, pretty much when he yeah. comes. Yeah. yeah. But you know, and you know, because of the ages of the kids, we didn't ever have all of them in the home together at the same time. Oh, okay. So, so that helped, you know, not to, I mean, like we have them on holidays, of course, and things like that, but they never were there day to day. And obviously my husband's, children the Shelby and Noah you know they were with their birth mom um during the week and they would come you know sometimes on the weekends sometimes Noah wouldn't because you know he has a dad he would go there um but then my oldest Allie you know 18 she moved out Mm -hmm. to get start her life um that was her choice you know and so she has been out of the picture she would just come home back and forth um so there was only ever really four maybe five there at the time okay we had to I'm buy still bigger outnumbered house. by dogs and yeah. pigs. And yeah. I had to fish. buy a bigger car, too. That was stressful. You, ha- you had to buy a bigger house, right? Yeah. yeah. Bigger house and car. Yeah. How many bedrooms do you have in your house? Um, right now, we have four bedrooms, but we have four bathrooms, which is huge. Yeah, that's a that, big deal. That was a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what is the website I could go to and see all of the children that are up for adoption? So there's a website called My Turn Now. So anybody can go on and look. There are photos. Um, you can filter through the website based on your area or speaking of you know race and ethnicity, you can filter that way, ages. So anyone can go on there and see the children mm-hmm. that are um, in need of a forever home. So I went on there a little while ago, earlier today, and I noticed, it's to me it was very interesting that I could search by race of these children. I didn't think that would be an option. I guess I thought it would be, we find kids that want to have dogs in the house, mm-hmm. that want to have a mom and a dad, or just a mom, or just a dad, or whatever. There's so many different ways to categorize them. I mean, I just, I didn't think it was like shopping, and it almost kind of felt a little bit that way. The other thing is, every single face on that website 
is happy. <laughs> They're all like smiling and just, uh, they just want love. I just wanted to, you know, I just want them all. I want them all. I think it's, you know, you go on there and it's, it's heartwarming and heartbreaking all at the same time. Oh, absolutely. Because you're absolutely right. And, and whatever, uh, whatever part we want to talk about, whether it's race or age or where they're from or their background, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They want love. They want yeah. a family. They want to be accepted like any of us do. So I think, and Lonnie's touched on this a lot. I mean, it, I love that the, especially the older kids can say what their needs are, what they would like to see in a family, what type of situation they would want to live in. And the same with the family. I think it's important to speak honestly, you know, from the family's perspective, because you want it to be successful. You want, exactly. and I mean, again, Lonnie's touched on it a little bit. All of the children have been through trauma, whatever it looks mm -hmm. like they've been through trauma. And there's going to be some, I'm sure, really high highs and some, and some really low lows to work through as a family. So mm -hmm to just be willing to be honest and, and look at it from all different perspectives and what needs are, or just the way that you would work with these children because they, they want to be loved. They want a forever home. It's all about love. That's, it just comes down to that. And all, all about love sharing it. I don't know. It's so, it's such an interesting topic for me. I really, I just have so much gratitude for you, Lonnie, and all that you're doing for, you know, all yeah. of these children and for everything that you're doing at the Children's Haven, it, it's such a needed thing in our world today. So the Children's Haven also sponsors something called the Portraits of Hope. Is that right? Yes. Tell me about that. What is that and when is it and uh, how we can get involved? Yes. I would love to tell you about that. So we started out when we were speaking at the beginning. We had the CASA program. We moved into the Children's Haven, which we're located in Canton. Um, we started a program called Portraits of Hope. We wanted to raise awareness for adoption. The whole you know, reason we're here today, to raise awareness for adoption. So we take time during the month of November at our office in Canton. And the dates this year are November 15th from 11 to 1 and November 17th from 4 to 6. And during those times, we have some photos of youth and children that are um, looking for a forever home in need of a forever home. And there are DFAX case managers that come and spend time at the Children's Haven. So anybody from the community can come and ask questions. They can find out about those children in particular, some background about those children in particular, but just adoption in general and all the things that we were talking about today, what goes into the process of doing that? If, if anybody's even considering doing something like that, I would encourage you to come to the Children's Haven during these times. There'll be somebody there to talk with you, answer any of your questions face to face. And even if you're just on the cusp of, mm, I'm not sure, but I know there's a need and, and I've been feeling this tug, come and talk to us. Come and talk to the case manager that's sitting there that day um, and spend some time with them and see what your next steps would be um, to find out more about adoption. Yeah, there's something because anybody that's interested in it must have piles of questions to ask and this is a great place to get that get those little uh nuggets of information so and not just go on a website or not just go you right. know, make a phone call but actually be able to sit with somebody in person it's so cool because questions. it's like no ties it's just i'm just coming to ask some mm -hmm. questions to decide if i want to do something exactly. of that sort that is exactly. a, that's a great opportunity portraits of hope again the dates yes portraits of hope at the children's haven in canton and we're 1083 marietta highway you can look us up online at cherokeechildrenshaven.org but november 15th from 11 to 1 and november 17th from 4 to 6 great and if anybody wants to help raise money for the children's haven i'm on a little committee we're doing a prom Yes, we are. We're doing our second annual prom this year. It's the 50s decade that we'll be celebrating. And yeah. that is February 4th. February 4th, 2023. Right. So before we end up here, is there anything else you want to tell us, Lonnie? What some of the trials and tribulations that you've had in over the last few years? Is anything funny? Oh, there's so much. <laughs> um, one thing I would like to say is... It ends up being kind of like my soapbox. Um, so many people are afraid or hesitant for our older kids, um, especially older males. Um, you know, people have asked me so many times, I can't believe you let a 15-year-old boy come in your home. Don't. Uh, teenagers are no different than the little people, like I said before, except for they can tell you what they're feeling. You may not like what they're saying or how they're expressing it, but it gives you a starting point. But they are no different in the fact that they want a family too. And and they deserve that and they deserve to have someone because they're at that cusp where they're about to go into adulthood. 
And if they have someone that will step up and partner with them and help walk them through those next seven or eight years, which we all know as adults, we're crazy, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes the world a difference. Um, And so don't, don't be afraid of them because there are more Kevins, there are more Allies out there. Um, Like I said, Allie, she may not have said ugly things to me and screamed, but she said ugly things. You know, she Mm -hmm. made homemade tattoo guns. You know, I used to made what homemade tattoo guns. I used to, what is this? Oh, you couldn't buy the child an electric toothbrush because she would hack it apart and make a homemade tattoo gun and try to put (laughs) tattoos on herself. Um, which I later would take to work as show and tell for my caseworkers and be like, okay, if you're in a home and you see this, please take it away from the child. Oh my goodness. Yes. Because they worked. I mean, she's, she's smart. Um, she has her own tattoos. She made her own tattoos. Yeah. She would tattoo herself. She even had you a tattoo. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be tattooed by SpongeBob (laughs) (laughs) because that was her toothbrush. Um, Oh my gosh. But you know, and I used to give her a hard time and, it was just all about a different communication parenting style with her because I would call it her arts and crafts. And, you know, and we would have times where, you know, we had had issues with drugs. You know, she would call me from a drug house essentially. And she's like, come get me. Okay. I'm coming. You know, no questions asked. And then I would be like, I want you to bring down all your arts and crafts, like get them out of my house because she would make homemade bongs. She would make all of those things out of, you couldn't bring a 20 ounce water bottle in my house because she would take it and make a bong out of it. Um, one of the sheriff's departments still has one of the things that she made that they used to display because she hollowed out an expo marker and used it to make a bong. Um, they said, they've never seen something so technical. Of course, I didn't tell her that at the time because I didn't need to increase her. She should be an engineer. She really should. Um, but, you know, so, I mean, those are the things. But as a parent, yes, it killed me, and I wanted to scream, and I wanted to be like, ah, what are you doing? But that wouldn't have done anything. Right. You know, right. And so we really, I really had to come at it at a different way. And I'm very fortunate. I had a huge support group. So anybody that is going to go through this process, you have got to be connected to other people who have adopted kids through foster care or through with trauma because it's not the same walk, um, you know, because I could pick up my friend, my my phone right now and call a very good friend of mine about Sonny because we have kids very similar in age. And I'm like, this is what she did today. And she'd be like, oh, don't worry. This is what he did today. Uh-huh. You know, and we just start laughing because some of the milestones or traditional things for our kids are very delayed socially. So whereas it's a normal thing for what Sonny may be doing, but a normal 11-year-old wouldn't be doing that. But to hear it from another mom that's walking the same walk makes me not lose my marbles. Yes. So, you, you know, you've got to have those things. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, life is serious, but it's not that serious. And you're a family. And, you know, no kid is perfect. I don't care if you give birth to them. Because the two that I gave birth to are little monsters. I love them. <laughs> but they're monsters, um, you know. And it's just a different it's just a different set of of issues Mm -hmm. and you just don't give them away. And, you know, you don't just be like, okay, well, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, it's a lot of wisdom in, in what you've just said here. So thank you for that. Uh, Anybody that's considering adopting has a lot to think about. They do. And I bet you're available. I was about to say, I'm happy to talk somebody through it. Um, And, you know, what I do now is try to help our families in the state, you know, keep your, keep the families together. Um, and so, you know, I'm happy to somebody to call me and we'll talk either through the process of adoption or if you've got a kid acting crazy, call and talk to me. We'll, you know, we'll talk it out. Great. So. All right, Lonnie, are you ready? I'm ready. Michelle, if you have any that you want to answer, you're welcome to answer too. Thank can, you. Jill. Can I pass to her if I don't want to answer one? <laughs> oh. I like that idea. Yes. We're can on we, the fly. We're doing this. Pass back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> or back to Jody, maybe. That works. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is, I wrote these before I knew you. Oh, no. Okay. And actually, I have written down here. I'm going to ask this one to Michelle. Okay. Michelle, do you prefer cats or dogs? Oh, my. Can I say both? We've got both. No, you have to pick. Oh, no, that'll hurt them. Oh, it'll hurt them. All right. Do you prefer (laughs) cats or dogs, Lonnie? Pigs. Yeah. See, this is, I I was going to say pigs or fish for you, but I'm playing by the rules. The fish, you you told me you just got this fish. I did. Where? At the Cherokee Charter Light Up the Night Festival. Mm -hmm. My goodness. See, I didn't even know about that. I didn't know they were giving out fish. Yeah. Neither did I. All right, Lonnie. Do you prefer Coke or Mountain Dew? Oh, Coke. Mmm. Favorite Disney character of all time? Scully from Monsters Incorporated. Whoa. Scully. Yeah. Yeah. Scully. Sully? Sully. Sorry. Oh. Sully, Scully. I should probably know his name, right? <laughs> you really hey, if you if you remember all your kids' names, you're you're a step up from well, everybody Nash else. Well, Nash is going to so. be him for Halloween, so yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, you yeah. Get it straight before yeah, my right. <laughs> Scully would be a good name for Halloween, though. Scully versus oh, Sully. Oh, See? Yeah. See? That's what I was doing. That's what you were thinking. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Favorite high school, Cherokee high school football team? Either one of you. Wait, Cherokee high school or Cherokee County? Cherokee County. Oh, yeah. My mistake. <laughs> I was confused by those. <laughs> Cherokee County high school football Woodstock team. Woodstock high school. Ooh. Oh, Etowah. 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 Who was your childhood actor or actress crush? Mine was Michael Jackson. Oh. I was all, oh, I was going to marry him. Oh, Sean yeah. Cassidy or Leif Garrett. Oh, great Leif guys Garrett. With the feathered back hair. Nothing like Farrah Fawcett hair on a boy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Maybe Garth Brooks. Oh. Because you're so much younger. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Back in the day over there. <laughs> I'm just, this is going down another rabbit hole, but do you know who Bryce Leatherwood is? He is on The Voice right now, and he's from Woodstock, and he oh. is he is doing so well. But I want him to sing a song from Garth Brooks. He's, he, I think his voice would be smooth like butter. <laughs> All right. Who did you, um, what did you want to be when you were growing up, Lonnie? A vet, veterinarian. Oh. That's shocking. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's shocking. You're right. <laughs> uh, favorite movie of all time? Um, Grease. Oh. That's great for the prom. So for the prom, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You we'll can be dress expecting up. you there. <laughs> okay. What is the yuckiest food on the planet? Green peas. Green peas? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Pea soup for lunch? <laughs> What's the worst job you ever had? I was a daycare worker. <laughs> <laughs> With children. Again, shocking. She never wanted children. Yeah, the first week I was there, they broke my nose. Was bad. A child broke your nose. Yeah, I didn't last past two weeks. Yeah. Oh, that's a bad job. <laughs> and you ended up adopting children and mm-hmm. have. You are. You are a story. You're like a documentary waiting to happen. Bad lifetime movie. Shadowing, I think. <laughs> All right, my final question. I want both of you to answer this. What is your favorite restaurant in Cherokee County? It's on Sixes. What is? Oh, it's the Mexican restaurant on the hill. Oh, Nuevas Amigos. We have a beautiful article in one of our magazines for, there's nothing, but it's the best restaurant and the best of you. It is. It's really good. The chimichangas are great. Chimichangas. Yes. All right. Chicken or beef? Chicken. Okay. Michelle, favorite restaurant? Going coastal. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that place. Mm -hmm. Great seafood. Have to try it. We've never been. All right. Well, there's your. That's your task. You're going to try going, uh, going coastal, oh, no. and your task is to raise money for the Children's Haven via the prom. Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, ladies, so much for being here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Get out there and enjoy Cherokee. Enjoy Cherokee Voices and Enjoy Cherokee Magazine are produced by EMI, a nationally recognized award-winning multimedia content producer. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For additional information about this and all of our podcasts, visit enjoycherokee.com. If you enjoyed this show, click subscribe and take some time to rate and review the podcast now. It really does help us succeed in the booming world of podcasts. And now, stay tuned for fun facts with Katie.